Well, good morning. Our uh, parking lot attendants uh, wanted me to convey on their behalf. We appreciate you getting your boats parked just right. I know that's a little bit different to come in a boat to church. Man, this has been something, hasn't it? I mean, we've been like seven days without the sun. I, I think it's on the way tomorrow. That's what, that's what I hear. I didn't, I, you know, I never have a plan for rain on Sundays, just in case you're ever wondering what I'm praying about. It's, it's never rain on, on Sundays. You know, speaking of plans, last May, when I didn't know that it would be raining today, last May, I, I planned on, on being in James. And, and by the end of May, I had a plan for specifically being in the passage we're looking at today on this, on this Sunday. That, that was my plan. Now, here, here's my question. Is it possible that was a sin for me to do that? Now, as you answer that, let me maybe make it even worse on, on, on myself. I normally am pretty far planned out in, in my sermon planning. As a matter of fact, I'm coming up on that season uh, right now. Here in a, a week or so, we're going on our annual staff retreat, and we'll come home from that with some, some themes, some ideas, some things we want to work on, some things we want to fix. And of course, a big part of that is, is the calendar. We come home with a calendar for the, the coming year. And so from that calendar, I kind of know what what days I have, uh, what Sundays I have to kind of plan and go the direction that I want. I also get from that, okay, certain staff or certain programming wants me to do this on, on these particular Sundays. So I, I'll take all that information and, and then I go away by myself in, in November. I've, I've done this for 13 years now. Uh, I'll go away by myself in November and I'll, I'll spend some time praying, evaluating. Uh, a big part of that, a big product of that while I'm gone will be working on where I'm going next in, in preaching. And uh, I will normally come home from that with the next 52 Sundays planned out. Uh, I'll, I'll have all of 2016 planned out. Now, I'm not saying I've written in three days 52 sermons, but, but I, will, I will know, okay, on, on these eight Sundays, I'm going to be on this topic. And, on, uh, and I'll break that topic down so that I'm looking at this on this Sunday, this on this Sunday. I'll know what resources I'm going to use. I usually kind of write it out, kind of think on the theme and, and that kind of thing. I'll know on this set of Sundays, I'm going to be working through this book of the Bible on on this Sunday, it'll be chapter 1, verse 10 to 17. The next Sunday, obviously, 1, chapter 1, verse 18. And I'll, I'll kind of break it down like that. I'll know on this Sunday I'm preaching on this issue or, you know, something like the Global Impact Conference, which you saw advertised, that's coming up. Okay, well, I know there's a Sunday that I preach on something and then there's a Sunday that we're in the middle of the conference. So I'll have all that, I'll have all that planned out. And, and I will, more years than not, that, that plan will unfold pretty much like I worked on it that, that week in November. I mean, you'll, you'll tweak a Sunday here or there. Every now and then I might actually pull out a series and put in another one because of something going on, something happening that I you know, didn't know about in November. Uh, every now and then I have, doesn't happen much, but I've, you know, I've come home with a plan and usually because November is so close to January, February, March, usually that part of the plan kind of unfolds. But I, I, I've had some years where almost everything I plan, I mean, it's like the wheels came off, you know, it just, I mean, none of that happened and a variety of reasons for that. This year, it kind of worked that way. I mean, I had, I had 2015 all planned out. Came here, just like I said, January unfolds, February, March, hit April. 
little heart issue. And uh, yeah, after that, the, the plan just kind of fell apart. I, I lost about 10% of the Sundays. They were gone from me. And, and, and then I kind of in that time just kind of felt led by the Lord to kind of go in a new direction and, and do something different. So yeah, every now and then it doesn't, doesn't quite work out like I had planned in November. But now having said all that, explained all that, I'm back to my question. Is what I just described to you, that, that activity of what I just did, was that a sin? Now, I've actually had a, a, a church member one time knowing this, because this is not the first time I've explained kind of what I do and how I, I do that, uh, knew that and then approached me and said, hey, you're, you're sinning. And they used the passage we're going to look at today to back up what they were saying. Kind of intrigued what the passage says? Let, let, let's go find out. Open your Bibles with me to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. We're going to begin at verse 13. If this is your first time here and you're wondering why we're looking at James 4.13 today. is because last week we were in James chapter 4 verses 1 and 12. So kind of 13's next, right? We have been uh, studying this letter from James since the end of uh, July, and as you can see, we're kind of plugging our way through. We got, we, we're going to start the last chapter next week, so we're kind of rounding the corner on this. But today we find ourselves, James chapter 4, verse 13. Let me begin reading. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to, into such and such a town, and we'll spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a, a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is a sin. Now, you know... That's, that's not a difficult passage, is it? it? It's short. The words are not big. I mean, we, we can read that and pretty much understand what it's saying. It's pretty straightforward. And, and as you just kind of read through it once, it kind of sounded like God was against planning, didn't it? Now, I'm not going to build that idea up anymore and lead us somewhere. I'm just going to cut right to the chase and, and say it. God, God's not against planning. There's too many things all throughout the scripture, a lot of them in Proverbs, illustrations of biblical characters that, that are visionary, that are got goals, that are dreaming, and, and then working toward that. So, so God's not against plans. What, what God is against is arrogance. Okay, that's what, that's what God is against, and that's what is being dealt with here. You know, if, if, if you still have your Bibles open, and always leave, leave, them, leave them open until we say amen and go home, okay? If you go back up to verse 6, verse 5, verse 6, you'll, you'll remember last week, we learned that wonderful truth, God has enough grace to cover my sin. Isn't that good news? Man, how much sin did you have this past week? God's got enough grace for that. Maybe you didn't have a lot of sin, but boy, the ones you pulled out, they were doozies. God's got enough grace to cover that. Now, that's tremendous news, but that grace isn't for everyone. God's not, God didn't divvy that grace out to the entire 7 billion people on this little place we call earth. Who, who is that grace for? Well, as you read verse 6 and, and 7, you see it's for the humble. 
God gives that grace to the, to the humble. But now what he actually does is he opposes the proud. He opposes the arrogant. Read that in context. If we're proud, if we're arrogant, God loves to jumble up your plans. God does not mind at all reaching down into your plans and going, yeah. He'll do that. That, that, that's what he does to the arrogant. As a matter of fact, and if, if you were here last week and as you hear me going through today, I didn't necessarily break the passage up this way, but you could look at James chapter 4 as really dealing with the issue of arrogance. And so you come to a, a verse like verse 6, kind of a central verse, and, and then you could look at verse 6 and 7 and say, okay, there, God is dealing with the arrogance of man toward him. And, and the remedy for that. And then we get to verse 8 and 9. Look down there at your scripture. And he's dealing with our arrogance toward our own sin. And, and the remedy toward that. And then you get to verse 11. And, and now he's dealing with our arrogance towards others. And the remedy for that. And as we come to verse 13, our passage today. Now we're talking about our arrogance towards life. Well, what's our arrogance towards life? I act like I own tomorrow. I act like tomorrow is mine and I have, I have a power. I, I have an ability to, to set a course, to set an agenda and, 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 and this is mine. And, and so it's that arrogance that God is dealing with in this passage. Folks, what's being challenged in this p- passage is not the activity of planning, but the attitude of presuming. It's the arrogant that presumes. That tomorrow is mine. God, God's not against planning. Like I said, you, you, you find it all the way through scriptures. As a matter of fact, one, Proverbs 16, 3. Uh, look at this passage right here. Commit your work to the Lord and your what? Your plans. God says, yeah, I want to talk about your plans. Not only do I want to talk about your plans, I want to establish them. I want to make your plans come to fruition. I want to bless your plans. I want to strengthen your plans. I I want your plans to count. Okay, well then what is the difference between... Oh, let's go back. Go back one. What's what's the difference between what, uh, what Solomon is saying here and what we just read in James? Well, I think it would be this word commit, don't you? You see, in James, there's, in James 4, 13 and following, as that person's talking, there's no engagement of God. And yet the first word in this is commit, engage God. If you're committing something to somebody, you're taking it to them, right? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up my stuff, my toys, my ideas and plans, and I'm, I'm running over here and I'm, I'm giving it to God, which by the way, takes humility, doesn't it? See, arrogance says, I don't need your stamp of approval. Arrogance says, I got this. I don't, I don't, I don't need any help. I can, I can do what I want. No, it, it takes humility to say, hey, I'm going to pick all this up and I'm going to come over here and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give that to God. See, this person in Proverbs is engaging God. Engaging God, hey, hey, Lord, I want your blessing, I want your input, I want your advice, your direction. This person in their humility realizes, I don't actually own, well, gosh, I, I don't own me. I don't own the plans, and I really don't own tomorrow. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the owner. I'm going to go to the owner of me. I'm going to go to the owner of plans, and I'm going to go to the owner of tomorrow. Because you see, folks, one of the, the major themes in Scripture is a word we use. We usually think about it connected to money, but it's the word stewardship, and a steward is a little more than a manager. 
That's what you are. That's what I am. I'm a manager. I, I, I manage the days. I manage the good events, the bad events. I manage money. I manage relationships. I, I manage a ministry. We, we manage these things that God has given us. And boy, God gives His managers a lot of latitude. Gives them a lot of freedom. You and I can make decisions. We can make choices as we do this. But managers, regardless of the amount of freedom they have, ultimately have to bring that up under the owner, right? Ultimately, whatever the manager is doing has to support and come along with and work with what, what the owner is doing. So in that humility, I recognize that self, that this about myself, I recognize this relationship. The arrogant can't do this. They won't do it. I belong to me. <laughs> the, the day is mine. Tomorrow is mine. No, it takes some humility to go over there and, and bring that to God. I mean, I mean, folks, we, as a matter of fact, whether you want to do this or not, whether you do it or not, it's God's plans that win at the end of the day, right? You and I can have all kinds of plans, but it just makes sense. It's just logical to take it to the owner because his plans win the day. Look what Proverbs 19.21 says. Many are the plans in the, mind of a, in the mind of a man. You got a lot of plans rolling around in your brain today? Plans about this afternoon, this evening, plans about this week, already maybe starting to get a few plans in line for Thanksgiving, huh? A couple of ideas out there about Christmas, maybe you're already looking toward next summer. All kinds of plans running around in the mind of man. But folks, it's the purpose of the Lord that ends the day. It's the purpose of the Lord that's going to be accomplished and, 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 and finish things out. So you see, that's just two verses. We could look at a lot of more. God's not against plans. Man has plans. God has plans. God's telling us how to bring our plans together so that we can get ours blessed and, and established in God. The issue here is not plans. The issue is whether we engage God, involve God, and come up under God. You see, when you go through that dialogue, come now you who say... And, and, and then he has this dialogue going through there. Look at the passage. Nowhere does the dialogue engage God. Nowhere does it involve God. I like how uh, one, one preacher and author, Chuck Swindoll, I imagine some of y'all know that name. Uh, he, he called this passage rules for playing God. The rules for playing God. And, and you see how he's, he broke down here each little phrase in this passage. And then he turned that into a rule so that you and I know how we can play God ourselves. Okay? We set our own schedule. None of us have ever done that, right? You're playing God. <laughs> no, let's look at this. Set your own schedule. Select your own path. Place your own limits. Arrange your own activities. Predict your own outcome. Hey, you know what, folks? These are things we do all the time, isn't it? This is just a part, a part of living. And on one level, there actually is no sin in, in doing this. It's not a sin to set a schedule and say, hey, this is, this is what my plan is today. I've got this at 10 and this at 2 and I've got to accomplish this on the to-do list. That, that's not a sin. But as you go through this person, here again, where do you find God in this? Nowhere. Nowhere is this person engaging God. Nowhere is this person engaging the owner of me. The owner of the plans, the owner of tomorrow. You know, folks, I was reading this passage and I thought, you know, really, if you think about it, the scripture is being kind of generous with us and saying we don't own tomorrow. Stop and think about it. I don't actually own today, do I? Now, I mean, you and I, if we wake up today, we say, okay, God, thank you for, thank you for giving me today. Okay, I now, I now possess this gift called today. But even though I'm living in it and walking in it, I don't, I don't even own this afternoon. 
You know, I would imagine some of you in here have had the experience. You woke up, got your coffee, got your breakfast, first first thing in the to-do list, first part of the plan. And, you know, it's 10 o'clock, it's 11 o'clock. The day's kind of unfolding like you had in mind. And then and then comes the call. Have you ever gotten that call? And And the rest of the day wasn't the same, was it? As a matter of fact, some of us have gotten a, a call big enough. It didn't only change the rest of the day, it changed the rest of the month. Matter of fact, some of us have had a call that changed the entire rest of, is March. And it, it changed the entire rest of the year. You know, it's funny when we hear that, we normally think of bad news, right? S- somebody's died. There, 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 there's been an accident and that will, that will absolutely change the rest of things. You know, it could be good news too, right? I mean, good news will set us on another course. Good news will change this afternoon. We, we, we tend to think more of the bad. My, my goal in getting us to think like this, folks, isn't to scare us with the bad call that's coming today. It's just the reality. I don't even, I don't even absolutely have control over this afternoon. I mean, one thing happens and all of a sudden, you know, it kind of, un, you know, spins out of control and I'm now going in an entirely different direction. You know, I, I, I had a, a, a plan recently on April 22nd. I had a plan. What wasn't a plan I wanted. I'll be, I'll be real honest with you. It, just kind of a plan based on the reality of, of where I was. But I, I put this plan together based on some information given to me. And so I had a plan on Wednesday, April 22nd. I was going to wake up and I'm, I was going to go to Chippenham and do this little heart calf thing. And I was going to get a stent and had it worked out in my mind. Probably not a lot of fun, but I'll, I'll go home that night. Maybe tomorrow. I'm flexible. Maybe tomorrow. And uh, because I knew this was coming, I had backed up. And man, I'd started working on my sermon and preparing for the coming. I mean, I get home Sunday, folks. I'm, I'm like toast. I'm, I'm worthless. I'm just good for watching the Redskins lose and that's called a day. And oh, I didn't. I mean, when? I mean, when? And, uh, and, and so I get home. But you know what? On that day, hey, I knew what was coming that week. So I had to, I got to get home. I got, I got to start working on on this week's message, I got to have that wrapped up by Tuesday so that I can do the rest of this plan on Wednesday. So had that committed that plan to the Lord. You know, I said, God, I got this and I'd like to be able to do this. I don't want to miss a Sunday. I don't want to be out of the pulpit. So, you know, I asked God, I want to preach on Sunday. So I had the whole plan worked out, told the staff about it. They understood the plan. They were praying with me and working for me. And, and so Wednesday morning, I get up, I get in the car. We're heading to Chippenham. And, and boy, everything is just kind of flowing just like we had planned. And about lunchtime, I don't even think it was 1 o'clock yet. About, about, lunch, about 12 o'clock, I realized I'm not going home tonight. Or tomorrow night. I ain't preaching this Sunday. I'm not going to be preaching the five Sundays after this Sunday. Yeah, so yeah. Many are the plans in the mind of man, right? But it's the Lord's purpose that stands. So what does James want you and I to take away from this? What does God have for us in this passage? Because like I said, it's a simple thought. I don't own tomorrow. I, I, I don't know tomorrow. So I read this passage and I'm learning this truth. So what am I supposed to do now? Is, is what God wants from me here is that every time I speak about tomorrow or next month or next summer, I have to kind of superstitiously add this tagline, if the Lord wills. Man, I'm, I'm so excited. We're going to the big game this weekend. If the Lord wills. No, folks, that's nothing like that in the Scripture. We don't live by magic words and, and little phrases that we have to tag on to things. No, it's, it's just back to humility, isn't it? 
chapter 4, verse 6. It's, it's humility. It's acknowledging an owner. It's acknowledging that I don't have tomorrow. And with that, and, and I think you take that word humility and you add a word to it, and it's not a real favorite word of ours. Words like commit, we're okay with that. You know, words like ask, all right. But, but probably the word used there in verse 7, the idea of submit. Hmm? Submit. And that's not a real popular word in, in America. Because submit is, is more than involving God. That, that's actually yielding to God, isn't it? You see, now I'm, I'm not just picking up my ideas and my toys and what I want to do and running over to God and saying, hey, what do you think? Can I get a stamp of approval? I'm actually submitting. I'm yielding him to him these things and saying, here, I'm, I'm giving this to you, but ultimately it's what you want. It's what you think. So I'm, I'm taking to the Lord. I'm submitting to him my ideas, my desires, my plans. But probably even the bigger idea there is not all these little pieces, but that I'm actually submitting my life to his ideas, his desires, and his plans. Now here again, through this part of the message, through this part of the, the passage, I don't think this is a newsflash for a lot of us, right? We, we knew this. I mean, when I said you didn't own tomorrow, you didn't go, oh, I never heard I write that down. No, I mean, we know that. We know God's in charge. We know we're supposed to go to Him, involve Him, trust Him. with that. That's, that's not news, okay? But here again, when I hear this, when I'm reminded of this, what does actually change tomorrow? What does actually change about the way I, I approach things? How do I actually apply this? That's great that the knowledge is rolling around in my brain up there, but what is it changing? Well, let's think about this, say, with planning a vacation this summer, okay? Want a nice beach home, maybe around July 4th. As a matter of fact, if we want a beach home around July 4th, you probably already should have planned for that, right? You usually got to have that about a year out. But let's say you're going for July 11th. You already, you know, you missed July 4th. Okay, so I've got this truth. I need to make this plan. So what do I do? Well, maybe I begin with this, begin this process this way. Hey, God, hey, God, I want, I want to plan vacation and, uh, man, I'd really like this particular home. We've been to it before. And, Lord, boy, this week, I think that's, that's going to be what I have. I need to work with this week right here. And, Lord, I just want to bring that to you. And, God, as I make these plans, I want you to know I understand. I know absolutely nothing about 2016. I don't know what I'm going to be dealing with. I don't know what my kids or my wife is going to be dealing with. I, I don't know if we're going to arrive on vacation in a super mood on top of life. Everything's just working like it should. Or if we're going to arrive at vacation hardly liking each other. And nothing's, nothing's working out. I don't know all that. But God, you do. You, you know all of that. You know every detail of what is going to be going on as I pull into that driveway at OBX. So God, I just want to say as I go through this process, I want you to guide. Maybe, maybe I've landed on a week that isn't a, that, that won't be a help. Uh, that, that will involve something that, that will mess things up. So God, just frustrate that. If my plan isn't going to be what's good, frustrate. Ever been working on something and it just doesn't quite come together? Man, they're charging twice as much now. That week's taken. You're trying, and it just keeps colliding. And you, uh, Did you ever just stop and say, wow, God, thank you. I don't have a clue what's going on out there nine months, but you do, and you seem to be protecting and guiding right here. Because that might just be what's going on. 
And so, God, I just want to ask you to kind of guide this whole process and help us to land on just the right week. Maybe another way, whole other way, same idea, same thing driving me. But I say, hey, God, I know you have plans for me. Plans to be a certain kind of dad, plans to be a certain kind of husband. And I pray this week is going to be really helpful for me. And that, now, that can't be the only week, right? <laughs> Not just vacation, guys. But, Lord, I do, I do want to make sure as I plan this, that, 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 that you're going to just line things up so that on that week I can really tidy things up there. Now, folks, you know, see, as I maybe think through this, as I pray through this, as I ask these questions, guess what? I'm still making a call to an agent, still writing a deposit, still putting on the calendar, vacation 16. You know, I'm still doing all of those things. But when you think about it now, when I'm thinking, when I'm thinking through it this way, when these are the kinds of things I'm praying about, I've kind of raised that week to a whole new level, haven't we? See, now all of a sudden, everything about that week and the planning of that week is all about God. Hey, isn't that what we've been saying the last three weeks? Make it about Him, His glory, His plan, His agenda. How do we do that? Through a process just like that, folks. And all of a sudden now, our life is becoming a part of who He is, what He's doing, His plan and His agenda. And it just all begins as much as anything with an attitude. You see, here again, remember the person who's doing this wrong? It's not the activity that made them wrong. It was the attitude. So then what makes us right? It's, it's the attitude. It's the attitude by, by which we approach this and do this. So we humble ourselves and we say, hey, God, I give this to you. You do with it what you want. You bring about what you want. And why would we not submit to that? Because I don't have a clue what's happening this summer. Or, Well, to be honest with you, folks, I don't even really have a clue of what's going to happen tonight. So why not submit that to somebody who does, huh? Good, good thinking there. That's a, that's a good thought. And so we can wrap up now and we, we can go home. Except James isn't done. There's verse 17. You know, I'll be honest with you, as I, many, many decades, not many years, decades, as I've read this passage, I come to verse 17, and it just seems like a really big point that got added on, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just my ignorance. I read that, I never really saw it connected to 13 and verses 13 through 16. I just saw verse 17 is probably something that sounded pretty big and pretty important. It's almost like James had this thought and said, ah, where do I put this? Wham! And he just shoved it right there after verse 16, even though it really doesn't fit with verses 13 and 16 until I saw this week as I was studying, wait a minute, this whole passage is about verse 17. The, the, the teaching of verse 13 through 16 is just setting up for the delivery of verse 17. So now that I have been reminded of verse 13 through 16, now that I understand verses 13 through 16, I get the point of verse 17. And here it is, folks, look at this. Since I don't have tomorrow. I don't have that, do I? We just spent four verses, 13 through 16, learning that. Since I don't have tomorrow, the right time to do what I know I need to do is always going to be when? Today. Folks, I don't know about you. This, I about fell over backwards in my chair in my office. This is huge. 
Do you know that right now you're carrying, many of you, a great deal of frustration, a great deal of anxiety, a great deal of fear. You're wanting to know how to do this. What about this? You're looking for God's will. You're asking God to deliver. You're asking God to speak. You're doing all this. And you're trying to figure all of that out tomorrow. And God's saying, whoa, hey, hey, today, today's my will. Do you realize that when you know today is the day to do it, you've answered a ton of questions and you've relieved a ton of your frustration. Today is the day. Do you know, folks, when we break verse 17, when we offend and sin against verse 17, against God, do you know when we do that to most? When we're sitting in here. When we're sitting right here in in here right now and we're hearing God move and we're hearing God speak and and he's teaching us something through a passage and and a lot of Sundays we'll sit here and think, man, I need to, gosh, I need to do that, man, I need to, I need to act on that. And, and right here we're, we're doing that, man, I know I need to, gosh, I need to think about this more as a dad. Man, I need to do, man, I need to, to, to pray about that. Gosh, I need to, you know what I need, I need to, I need to share the gospel with that person, man. And I need them to know, I want them to know so much who God is and, and what He's done for them. And, and you and I, man, we're opening up God's Word and, and He's speaking to us and we have these thoughts and we walk out these doors. Man, just moved and, and sometimes in tears. Man, I need to be this and I need to do this. And it was three years ago that we last had that thought. Yeah, I knew I, I, knew I needed to do... That, well, that was five years ago when we went over that passage. We go through these doors absolutely intending that tomorrow, this week, boy, this week is going to change. This week, man, this week I'm going to do and, and then, But folks, the, the moment we go out there with that mentality and attitude, you know what? It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. God's will for you is not to take his voice and his word, hit that door and say, boy, sometime this week I'm going to jump on this. Man, if God's telling you to tell somebody thank you, tell them thank you today. If God's telling you to, to bless somebody, encourage somebody, help somebody, give something, to, do it today. God's telling you to invite somebody to church with you, do it today. Well, I can't do it today. It's Sunday. That, that's the next Sunday, a whole week away. I got to wait till like Thursday. for No, call him today. He said, man, I'll tell you what. I was thinking about you this morning. I was sitting in church. It was so awesome and great because you... You leave church every Sunday saying that, right? It's so awesome, it's great. My pastor is incredible. <laughs> and you know, as I was sitting in there, you know what? I was thinking of you. And I was just thinking, I just was wishing you were here with that and, and experiencing that with me. Hey, I tell you what, why don't I give you a call Thursday and Friday? We'll touch base. But if you would, man, hey, be seeing how your week unfolds and see if we could do that together next week. Now, you understand? You realize what I said? If... If you need to do something today, there may be some things you can't bring to fruition today. Let's say God says, you know what I want you to do? I want you to, I want you to bless that person. Of course, a thousand ways we can bless somebody. I'm, I'm not going to develop that anymore. But God says, I want you to bless them. But that person is somebody that's at work. Well, you're not going to see him this morning, right? You're not going to see him this afternoon. As a matter of fact, that person's out of town. They won't be back in the office till Thursday. So, so okay, there's something I can't do today. Yes, you can. Folks, God's will for you is always 100% of the time today. Well, you, you just acknowledged I won't see him till Thursday. That's right. So when you get to the car, text him. 
When you get to the car, email them and say, hey man, God's placed something on my heart for you. And if I won't know, I won't see it till Thursday. But when you get in the office, man, if I could just have five minutes. You see, I may not be able to bring fruit to fruition what I need to do today, but I can do something that commits me, right? I can do something that gets me locked in the path so that I have to see it through to the end, right? Folks, you can always do God's will today. And I'm telling you, you won't believe how much it frees up your life. The stress it takes off, the worry it takes off, the anxiety. Man, we're seeking God for all these, these answers. Hey, you want to know something? You asking God for answers right now? Okay, here's a great principle to live by. Before I should expect new answers from God, I should do something with the old answers He's already given me. Before I ask God for new information about what to do, I should do something with the old information He's already given me. Do you realize, folks, probably all of us, at least once, if not quite often, are sitting here pleading and begging and knocking on the doors of heaven for help and direction and information? And I wonder how many times God could look down and say, you, you didn't do anything with the last ten answers I gave you. You, you didn't do any. I did speak to you. I did tell you exactly what to do and exactly. You didn't do a thing with it. We're banging on the door. Why won't God answer me? God's will for you is today. Today. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for this powerful, incredible truth that logically doesn't take any explaining. I already know it. But Lord, I think I can confess on behalf of all of us, we rarely live in light of it. I don't own tomorrow. I don't own the plans. I don't, I don't own anything. God, all the time, I am. I am. Me personally, beating the doors of heaven. All frustrated, all anxious about tomorrow, about next week, about what's going on way, way, way out there. And over and over and over, you're telling me today's my will for you. Act on today. Gosh, Lord, if we could realize there's such joy in doing what I'm supposed to do today. There's such a lightness of living. Such a, a, a lightness of being when I do what I'm supposed to do today. Lord, I, I would imagine that many of us across this room right now, we've got something in our lives that we know we're supposed to be doing. We're praying over it and we're thinking about it. And some of us makes us anxious, maybe makes us fearful. Maybe we know what you want us to do and we're just not quite there and we're just putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. God, let us see your word today. Let us see you speaking clearly and let us act today. Help us to do what we need to do today God what a what an incredible truth what a beautiful truth you've given us here thank you for it Lord I can't help but wonder the wave of righteousness that could sweep across this church across our homes and across our community this very day if the 500 600 people in this room join the the five or six hundred from the last service and the and the seven eight hundred from the next service and and that God is the rest of this day unfolded there was 2,500 people stepping out and doing the one thing they know they're supposed to do with today 
There's 2,500 acts of obedience, acts of righteousness, just rippling through our church, rippling through our families and our communities. And that makes me think, I wonder, God, is maybe the reason that we so often don't see any ripple of righteousness is because too many of us are sitting on what we're supposed to do? Thinking that what we're supposed to do is out there in the future somewhere. Lord, help it to sink into our heart and mind. We don't own tomorrow. Today is what we have. Today is what I'll, when I'll do what I know I'm supposed to do. It's in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask for your help in this. Amen. Amen.